to us today, Lord. Lord, I pray for Dr. Cox as he comes and brings your message from the Word of God. Pierce our hearts. Pierce our hearts and our souls that we may hear from you today. And that this won't be just another day when we walk in this building, that we'll walk out the same as we came, but we walk out different people. Different people because we have encountered you, O Lord. You, O Lord, are worthy of our praise. And you alone have the words of life. Oh, Lord, thank you for us, for hearing us, for being here with us. Thank you for letting us worship you in this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning and Happy New Year to you. I love the new year because it's sort of like a blank slate. It's a fresh start. gives us an opportunity for a new beginning in our lives. And so I want to challenge you today to make some fresh commitments to the Lord as we begin a new year on this New Year's Day. And I want to challenge you, if you're a disciple, a follower of Christ, to move toward Christian maturity in 2017. I want to challenge you to set some goals about your spiritual growth. A lot of people set goals about weight loss or exercising or getting organized, and those are good, but shouldn't there be a goal in the life of a Christian about following Christ? And a passage where we get a pattern for that is in Philippians chapter 3, where Paul shares with us about his own testimony of seeking to move on toward Christian maturity. And so, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he begins with the goal. And the goal of Christian maturity, what does it mean to grow? What does it mean to, to mature? The goal of Christian maturity is to know Christ and to become like Him. Would you make that your goal for 2017? To know Christ and to become like Him. That's what it means to be mature. That's what it means to grow as a Christian. Let me show it to you in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Now, when you become a Christian, you know Christ, right? That's what becoming a Christian is. It's coming into a personal relationship with Christ. But Paul had been a Christian a long time by this point, And yet he says here, I want to know Christ. He's saying, I want to know Christ more. I want to know Christ in a deeper way. Would that be your desire for this new year? I want to know Christ in a more and a deeper way. And he speaks of two ways in which he wants to know Christ. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So Paul talks about knowing Christ in his resurrection power and knowing Christ in the fellowship of suffering in his death. Now, when you first read this, I used to think for a long time, well, that, that seems like a reverse order, a backwards order. You know, Jesus died and then he rose. Why didn't he say, I want to know Christ and, and know the fellowship of his death and know the power of his resurrection? I think the reason is because in our Christian experience, this is the order in which we experience them. You see, the Bible says before you're a Christian, you're dead in your sins, Ephesians 2.1. 
And so the first thing that happens to you when you come to know Christ, when you encounter Him, is that you experience His resurrection power. You come alive. You're a new person, a new creation. And you experience the power of the resurrection that brings you from from death to life. Then, as you follow Him, you die to that old sinful life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I die daily. And so there's that participating with Him in the crucifixion. See, the two ordinances that symbolize the Christian life are in this order, aren't they? First of all, if you become a Christian, you're baptized. And baptism represents that new life, that I want to know Christ in the power of His resurrection. Then after you're baptized, throughout your Christian growth experience, you take the Lord's Supper and you're experiencing His death then over and over, aren't you? As you continually die to the old life and reaffirm that that new life. And so some of you today, as you're starting out in in, uh, 2017, you're a Christian and you've experienced the power of His resurrection. And for you to move toward maturity, negatively what it means, it may be there's some things that you need to die to today. Maybe there's some sins in your life that are holding on. And uh, today really needs to be a day of confession for you. And it needs to be a day of saying, you know, in 2017, I'm not going to be like that anymore. I've experienced the power of His resurrection. Now I'm going to share in the fellowship of His sufferings, and I'm, I'm going to die to that. And so... Today, I just want to encourage you, would you examine your life and say, what's your commitment needs to be negatively, to be confession, to be repentance, to say, this has is, this is held on to me too long. And today, I want to, uh, to move on from that, put that in the past. What does it mean positively for you to know Christ? Well, there are six Christian practices that help us to know Christ that the Bible talks about. Six spiritual disciplines. I want to show you a a chart of them. Uh, It lists these six for you. And I want to encourage you to consider making a commitment to the Lord in one of these areas. Maybe maybe two, but if you just try to do, I'm going to be better at all six of them, you won't, you won't do anything. So I want you to really to, to hone in, to focus in what's God speaking to you about today. These are the six classic Christian practices or disciplines that help us uh, to grow, to move toward maturity. The first column are the basic, church and giving. You become a Christian, you need to get in church, you need to begin to give. It shows God's lordship over your time, that's church, and over your money, that's giving. You're saying, God, you're Lord now. Jesus is Lord, so you're Lord, and I'm going to show that in these basic practices. Uh, church, I could break it down into worship and fellowship and learning, but you get the idea. You need to be in church, and you need to give. And so uh, the second column are the inward disciplines. There needs to be an inner life to your Christian life. Needs to be some prayer. Needs to be some Bible reading. And then the third column are outer disciplines. You you need to be sharing your faith. That's what evangelism means. And, And you need to be involved in service or ministry through the church to the body and to the world. So maybe God's speaking to you about one of these today. Uh, This is how you would know Christ. The goal is to know Christ. Here are the disciplines or the practices that help you to to grow in knowing Christ. The the first one, most basic one, is is church. Uh, So today, maybe maybe you need to make a commitment uh, to church. I'm going to be sharing a a series of sermons. The next 12 weeks, we're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you'd just say today, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, unless I'm sick or, or dying, I'm going to come to church the next 12 weeks, and I, I'm, I'm going to commit to this series, and, and that'll build that habit into my life. 
Maybe God's speaking to you today about giving, that you honor Him with, you, with your income as a basic way of showing His Lordship. Uh, maybe, maybe prayer is where God's speaking to you about an area of growth. Um, in the coming weeks, we're going to be asking you and our church to commit to pray for our church at a specific time each week. Going to have a uh, where you can choose an hour, any hour of the day, and our hope is that eventually we'll have somebody praying for the, our church and the kingdom every hour of the day. Going to invite you to sign up for that. So maybe you've never prayed at a specific time for our church and for the kingdom, and we're going to ask you to pick a 15-minute time and spend at least 15 minutes praying for our church and kingdom. Maybe it's in Bible study. Maybe, maybe you're not in God's Word, and, and He's speaking to you. I need to read my Bible. I'm going I'm to get involved in a Bible reading plan this year in 2017. Maybe it's about sharing your faith, about evangelism. If you've been in our church very long, you know that I've shared that every year for the past 30 years in January, I make a list of 10 people I'm praying for to come to know Christ as Savior. And I pray for that list of people throughout the year. And maybe you would join me this this January in making or remaking a list of people that God lays on your heart who don't know Christ or you're not sure if they know Christ and you're going to pray for them until you know because that's what evangelism is. Or maybe it's ministry. Maybe you're not involved in any area of using your gifts and talents to serve God and in 2017 needs to be the year when you begin to become involved in ministry. How's God speaking to you in these these areas. Well, that's the goal that we would know Christ. And what I want to encourage you maybe is to write down at the bottom of your bulletin as the Lord speaks to you today, or maybe you have to take that home and and do it sometime during this week. We want you to hear from the Lord. But at the bottom or top of your bulletin that you would write specifically what of these God is calling you to focus on, to grow in, to move toward maturity in 2017. And then keep that bulletin with you, maybe in your Bible throughout the rest of the year that you'd have a specific plan of growing. Now, that's the goal of Christian growth in verses 10 and 11. Then, in beginning in verse 12, is about the process. How could this happen in your life when you identify how you want to know Christ? Let me share with you four steps of moving toward maturity in verses 12 and following. The first one is, admit you're not all you should be. The first step in moving toward maturity, as you've, as you've sought God and what he, where He wants you to grow, the first thing you've got to do is admit that you're not all you should be. Let me read to you verses 12 and 13. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Verse 13, first part, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So the first thing is Paul's saying, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. And the first thing, if you want to move toward maturity, is that you need to admit you're not all you should be. Now, if you're a new Christian, that's not very hard, is it? Well, you know, I don't know anything. I don't, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a lot to learn and blood to grow. So if you're new, this is an easy step for you. But for those of us who've been a Christian for a while, we tend to sort of think we've arrived. We tend to sort of coast. And you really need to hear this. You see, when Paul wrote this, he was 60 years old. I want to talk to those of you in your 50s and 60s, and you sort of get on a plateau spiritually. There used to be some scripture memory or Bible study in your life. Used to be some service, but everything's used to be. And Paul was 60 years old. And Paul said, 
He'd been a Christian probably by this time for 25 years. And Paul said, not that I've attained. I haven't arrived. I'm not all yet that I should be. But I press on toward the goal. So uh, what Paul is calling for here is a little bit of holy discontent with your maturity or your growth. Do you have some discontent with where you are spiritually? You see, in the next chapter of Philippians 4, Paul, who is in prison when he writes this letter, is going to call us to be content with our circumstances. Philippians 4.11 is going to say, Paul says, I've learned to be content in any and every circumstance. But here in this chapter, he's telling us, don't be content with your spiritual growth. Now, what we often do as Christians, we do that backward. We're not content with our circumstances, but I'm real content with where I am spiritually, you know? We got it just backwards. So what you need to do is be content in any circumstance, but don't be content with your level of spiritual maturity. Paul says, first thing that step you're going to have to make is admit you're not all you should be. The second step in moving toward maturity is to refuse to live in the past. Paul says again in verse 13, refuse to live in the past. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. For some of you, the obstacle to growing in your Christian life is the past. And Paul says, I'm forgetting what's in the past. Now, there's a sense that the Bible tells us to never forget the past. The Bible says, always remember where you came from, the grace of God and how he saved you. Remember the blessings of God. So the Bible tells us to remember a lot from the past. What does it mean then here? Well, it means don't dwell on the past. Don't let the past uh, govern your life. I think there are two ways that Paul is using this phrase, forgetting what is behind. First of all, he's telling us to move on from past failures. Move on from past failures. Remember Paul's background? Remember how Paul had been a persecutor of the church and that he had even arranged for the death of Christians? Well, that could have haunted him all of his life, couldn't it? He could have been rendered ineffective by being riddled with guilt, never involved in ministry because of his past failure. But Paul accepted the grace and forgiveness of God and he moved on and forgot what's behind. Today's the day that some of you need to let go of the past and your failures. You've confessed them. You've asked God's forgiveness. Doesn't need to govern who you are anymore. And you need to say with Paul, I'm forgetting what is behind. Oh, I'll always remember the grace of God, remember where I came from, remember his blessings. But as far as letting it define me, I'm not going to let this failure define me anymore. It's not who I am in Christ. And then I think this phrase also means to move on from past accomplishments. Move beyond past accomplishments. Because I think what Paul is saying here, forgetting what's behind, Paul says, I'm not going to rest on my laurels. He's about 60 years old. But Paul says, you know, by this point, Paul had founded at least 12 churches he had written at least 10 books in the New Testament. He'd led mission trips on two continents. Paul could have said, hey, I've had a pretty good career here. You know, I'm just going to pack it in now. Paul says, I'm forgetting what is behind. 
Paul says, I, that, uh, I, I don't want to be just something in the past. I want to be serving God as long as I live. And so Paul says, I, 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 I move beyond those past accomplishments. Maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe, maybe there's a time when you were growing, but that growth time's really in the past. There was a time when you were serving, but that time is really in the past. And you've sort of you sort of coasted now, and, and you need to forget what's behind and say, God, I want, I want to have that hunger to know you. The third thing that, that uh, I would say to you about moving toward maturity is to stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Look at the last phrase in verse 13. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. The image that Paul is using is an athletic metaphor. It is of a runner, a sprinter, who comes near the end of the race and he leans for the tape. He stretches for the finish line. He strains toward what is ahead. Do you hear the effort that is involved here with Paul? And the next word in the, uh, that he uses in the first part of verse 14 is, and I press on. And the word press on there is the same Greek word translated persecute when he's given his testimony in chapter 3, verse 6, just a little bit above. He said, I used to press toward catching Christians, and now I press toward knowing Christ. It means to hunt, to pursue. So Paul says, I'm hunting this. Just like I used to hunt down Christians, I'm hunting down this, this thing of knowing Christ. I'm straining. I'm stretching. Is there anything like that in your Christian life? We ought to be giving our best to knowing Christ and following and serving Him. Uh, is there any of that stretching? And see, some of the, we, we get to thinking, we talk about the grace of God, and while the grace of God is the basis of our salvation, that does not mean that there's no room for effort. And a, and a way we misunderstand is, I'm saved by grace, so I don't do nothing. I don't do nothing at all, you know? But in this same letter, in 2.12, Paul has said, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. The great apostle of grace was comfortable in saying, work out your salvation. So there's, there's a place for effort in the Christian life, is what I'm saying. Oh, you're never going to save yourself. Grace, grace is the foundation of all we have. He gives us salvation as a free gift. And in response to grace, we give him our best, and we strain, and we stretch, and we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Is there any of that in your life? Are you straining toward anything? Would you stretch yourself? I want to invite you to stretch yourself in this new year. I, I'm, uh, in my, I, I'm, I've never shared my faith. Okay, 2017, won't you stretch yourself? Never taken any role in ministry. Okay, this is the year to strain toward what is ahead. Give your best. Maybe you give your best to some hobby. Maybe you give your best to some pursuit, to some workout to some endeavor, won't you give your very best to the pursuit of knowing Christ, straining ahead? And the final thing that he says then is to stay focused on the prize. I don't consider myself to have taken hold. One thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What motivates Paul as he's in prison writing this letter, 
to forget what's behind and stretch toward knowing Christ and not to coast his say, I've got my eye on the prize. I'm going to heaven, he says. And never take our eyes off that goal. Again, the, the image is of, of an athlete who looks to the finish line, who looks to the goal when the race is long. In this matter of following Christ, it doesn't really matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. You may have had some false starts. You may not have started well. Maybe you've had some hiccups along the way. What you need to do is put your eye upon the prize. No matter what you go through in this life, we're going to heaven. We're going to gain the prize. We're going to be with Jesus forever in a new creation, new world. You keep your eye on that and go through anything. And there, there's some of us who start well, but we don't finish. You know, you know what? In 2017, we don't know what's going to. We don't know what our life is going to. How it's going to go, do we? Some of us could die in 2017. Do you know what? That'd be okay. We'd be in heaven. So here's what you ought to say in 2017. I'm going to be, I want to know Christ in 2017. If it's here on earth, if it's in heaven where he takes me, I'm going to be headed toward him. Headed toward the prize in 2017. He's going to determine my itinerary, but my direction is I want to know Christ. And I keep my eye up on that prize. He ends this in verse 15 by saying, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. If you think you're already mature, he says this is the view you should take. That you've not yet attained, that you need to forget what's behind, that you need to strain towards ahead. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So if you want to be mature or you think you're already mature, you need to take this view that Paul shares, he said, that I have not attained that I'm going to forget what I've accomplished. I'm going to strain to what's ahead. I'm going to keep my eye on the goal. So the goal is to know Christ. Let's look at our list one more time because I'm praying the Holy Spirit speaks to you about one of these universal areas of Christian practice and discipline and that you would say maybe it's an area you're weakest. Which one of these are you weakest? Or maybe it's just the one that God's stirring in your heart. Where's he stirring in you? I want to know Christ. And you can know Him through the church. You can know Him through giving. You know Him through prayer. You know Him through Bible study. You'll know Him more as you're engaged in the outward disciplines of evangelism and ministry. These are the ways through which you know Christ. So where is He speaking to you? What's He speaking to you about that you would say, in 2017, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. For some of you, it may be about church. That What a great day it would be to join the church. To, you, you've not been connected to a church. And today, you would connect to First Baptist Church and be a member and say, I'm going to plant my life in First Baptist Church and, and, and I'm gonna, uh, that, that's going to be a direction for me. Maybe it's to begin giving today. Maybe it's in your prayer life uh, uh, that you say, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't been faithful in prayer. And I, I'm going to have a, maybe I'll have that basic prayer list of some people that I'm going to pray for every day in 2017. Maybe it's to be in the Word. Maybe it's to share your faith. Or maybe it's to commit yourself to some area of ministry. Would you pray together with me? Oh, Lord, thank you that you've allowed us to live and see this New Year's Day. Every breath, every day is a gift of yours. And we want to be good stewards of this day that you've given us. And if you give us the year ahead, we want to be good stewards of that year. And, Lord, uh, I pray you stir by your Spirit in us today. 
that every believer in this room would say, I want to know Christ in a richer and deeper way in 2017. And I pray you would speak to us specifically about some discipline in our life, or maybe two, that you especially would stir within us that we're going to grow in, that we're going to move toward maturity. Lord, we can only do it by the power of your Spirit. So as we're making commitments now, we know we can do nothing apart from you. You're the vine, we're the branches. Lord, maybe there's some in this time of invitation who need to come and become a follower of you today or unite with this church. And I pray you'd move in their hearts and draw them to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand together with me? If today on this New Year's Day you want to come be a part of this church or follow Jesus, I invite you to come forward as we sing together. Oh, you're hurting and broken with